Welcome to the Yaratzvi Podcast. This is Parshas Chukas, Tavshin Pei Gimel. This week's podcast, Chukas, Water and Ash. Do we see water or do we see ash? Is sponsored by my good friend Sarah Jessian, who has done so much for us for the Yisker of her parents and her parents-in-law. Brainus Baschayim Shalom Zechel Abracha, Shraga Faivish Ben Yemio Zechel Abracha, Alta Shendel Basmoisha Mordechai Zechel Abracha, and Shleimah Ben Yaakov Leib Halevi Zechel Abracha. For info on sponsoring this podcast or our Friday morning Zoom share, please visit ortsvi.org or contact us at ortsvi at gmail.com with an H O H R T Z V I at gmail.com. Our Pasha story, the story of the May Mariva, the story of Klal Yisrael struggling, searching for water, and Moshe trying to, to find the solution, trying to find the path, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu offering that solution. It's the story of a thirsty people, of a leader searching for a solution, and in the end of an elusive, miraculously accessed water supply. Very unusual story, but it's really deja vu. It really is. There's a similar story much earlier, sometimes overlooked, but a very, very similar story, back in Parshas Beshalach, right after Kriyas Yamsev. And what's the incident? Pasuk tells us after Kriyas Yamsev, Vayavaya Marasa, they came to Mara. Vlayachlu Mara, they couldn't drink the water, the water was bitter, Kimorim Haim. Al came Karashma Mara, and they called it a bitter place because the water was bitter. And the people complained, Vayalainu, man ishta, what will we drink? And Moshe Rabbein reached out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu provided a solution, miraculous, HaKadosh Baruch Hu provided a solution. Vayurei Hashem Eitz, Vayashlach some type of wood was thrown into the water, it sweetened it, and that gave them the water they needed. It's really almost an exact parallel, like in our parasha, the people were thirsty. Like in our parasha, there was no simple solution. Like in our parasha, Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the leader du jour in both places, searched for a solution. And like in our parasha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed them something miraculous, something unexpected. And that addressed their needs. In those parallels, they go on and on. In our parasha, the Meimariva, the story of the Meimariva, what does it juxtapose? What is it right near? It's right near the story of a chok. A chok means a law, a series of laws that are just hard to understand. And what is that chok in our parsha? It's chukas Torah, the laws of impurity. If a person comes in contact with death, same room as a dead body, touches a dead body, he needs to purify himself. And there's a whole process. You take a calf and you burn it, you kill it, you burn it, you take the ash, you mix it with water. And you sprinkle that mixture on the person, and it's a process, it takes time, but he or she will eventually become Torah. It's the paraduma. It needs to be a very, very specific red calf, young, something that didn't work, lots and lots of details attached. But it's the story of the paraduma, and it's so odd, so hard to understand, that it's called a chok, something that we don't fully grasp. Interestingly enough, and surprising to many people, at that original story, back in Parshas Peshal, the story of Maimara, we're also told about a chok. We're told there and then, Sham Sam Lo Chok, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created some type of chok, some type of rule, hard to understand rule, that was put in place then. And Rashi parallels the two. Same story, same phraseology. Why shouldn't he parallel? And so he quotes, 
Bimara, back then in Parshas Bashalach, Nasla Miktas Mitzvos. There were mitzvahs that they were given, and what were they? Shabbos? Well, Shabbos you can understand, it's early in Jewish history before Matan Torah, but Shabbos is critical. Deen and basic law, you understand that as well. But also, surprisingly, Paraduma. We're told that we were given the mitzvah of Paraduma right there and then. And at first you wonder. Makes sense to give Shabbos early on, right after Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, even before Kabbalah's Torah. It's a mainstay, it's a foundation. Makes sense to give dinam, basic law, society can function, that's necessary. But why Paraduma? Why is that so critical? Why is that so relevant? Why is that so important? Why does that need to be given to us early? And then you give it a bit of thought, and then you understand. They had just stepped out of Alhala. Just left Kriyas Yamsa, HaKadosh Baruch Hu addressed their needs in the most miraculous of ways. HaKadosh Baruch Hu addressed everything. Everything was handed to them on a silver platter. Yeah, the Makos in Mitzrayim, they were taken out of Mitzrayim. Some type of Kanfei Nesharim. And then they're taken to Yamsaf, and again the sea split. The Egyptians are killed, they survive. Everything is handed to them on a silver platter. But that's not the way it stays. After Kriyas Yams, if they're told by a Kaddish Baruch Hu to re-engage with life, they're out in the desert, and there are no Makos, and no Kriyas Yamsif, and no miracles, and no food, no magic food, and no miraculous water. That comes later, the man, the special water that comes later. Now it's humdrum life, and it's scary. They had beautiful things, they had Yad Hashem, they had miracles, and they don't have that, and they don't know how they're going to function. And so they're scared. That's the story back in Parsha's Peshalach. That's also the story in this week's Parsha. Till now we were traveling through the desert, but the end is coming. Miriam is about to pass on, and when she passes on, the bear, the miraculous water supply that's going to dissipate. And soon, eventually, the man will leave them. They'll be going to Eretz Yisrael. They'll have to work the land. It'll be hard work. And it'll be regular and banal and normal everyday life without open miracles. And they're scared. They're two very similar stories. Two stories of people who had magnificent, magical, miraculous experiences. Who lived with HaKadosh Baruch Hu taking care of everything in a wonderful, wonderful world. And both those worlds are being taken away, not for bad reasons. The time had come to graduate to function in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to function. And in both those situations, they're scared. The beautiful world they had known was dying, that was being taken away. And they needed to go, grab on, to hold on, to grasp on to something new. And so what are they told? In both situations, there's a chok. A chok then, and those chukas Torah here. And what is that chok? That's paraduma. What do you do again? You take this um, ash, the ash of a dead animal, and you mix it. You mix it with water, and you sprinkle it on a person. And that's going to make the person tar. Now think about it. What does the ash symbolize? Rabbi Shemeshner Hirsch tells us the ash symbolizes death. Life becoming death. Dreams blowing away. Beautiful things that we once had dissipating. Not having what we once had. Not having the Makos, not having Kriyas Yamsef. Not having Miriam, not having Aaron, not having Moshe, not having the Mon. Wonderful things that we had, 
becoming ash. And what does the water symbolize? Taking that ash and re-engaging with life. The message of Paradum is, is that things are going to be taken away. Things will dissipate. Bad things will happen. We're not going to have what we always had. The question though is, will we have the wisdom, the strength, the power to take that bad? We can't forget our history. Mix it with fresh water and recreate life. And interestingly enough, the Pasuk is telling us if we do it the right way, it's all going to be okay. We know, oddly enough, that the Paraduma, these ashes, were sprinkled on somebody who was tummy. And it made the person tar. That was the way to become tar. But what happened to the people who were involved in preparing this Paradum, preparing this ash? They, oddly enough, became tummy for some strange reason. This process that was Metahir the Tmehim, that made people who were impure pure, also was Metame Tahorim. But not everybody. The people involved in taking the water, mixing it with ash, and then sprinkling it on the person who was becoming tar, they did not become tummy. Why not? Rafersh tells us it's simple. People involved in creating ash, they're creating death. Maybe the objective is good, and maybe they're thinking about the future. But right now, that's not what they're experiencing. Right now, they're experiencing death. Right now, they're experiencing the collapse of dreams. And so, they will become tummy. Maybe the objective is good, but they will become tummy. But the people involved in taking water and mixing it with ash and then sprinkling it on somebody, making him tar, they're involved in the creation of life. They're not going to become tummy. Something like that will never, ever make a person tummy. And there's a message here for us. Every one of us has gone through deserts and experienced some type of Kriyas Yamsev. We had situations that were great, that were taken away. We had situations that changed for the worse. And now we have to put one foot in front of the other and try to recreate. Take the ash that we had and mix it with water. If the focal point is going to be ash, we will be tummy. We won't move past our past. But if the focal point will be the water that mixes with ash and turns it into some life-giving mixture, earth and water that mix together create life, that won't make us tummy, that will make us tar. It's a message for Shabbos, I think it's a message for life. Good Shabbos, and looking forward, Amir Tzashem, to reconnecting next week.